Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for July 11th. My name is Eric, the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Yes, I know I've been tanking on the TikTok part of it, and I will get to a video as soon as I can. As some of you know, I've been, I do coaching, and between the coaching, the camping, and sports coming back, I just haven't had time, so I'll definitely get on that. I'd like to thank Gino Bacala for having me on the last two weeks. His podcast, that's what G said. I, Him and I broke down the NBA Eastern Conference two weeks ago and the Western Conference. I'd like to thank Gino. Very supportive, having me on, talking football and basketball. So thank you for the support, Gino. I, myself, on this show today, we have a great show. I'm going to talk UFC 251 my picks on that and then I'm also going to talk a little AFC South with Sterling from Silver Star Sports. So let's jump right into it. Let's jump, talk about this UFC 251 card. The important thing to remember when looking at this UFC 251 card is this is going to be like nothing before. The fighters had to fly to Las Vegas, get tested, quarantine, then fly to Abu Dhabi and get quarantined there and get tested and then fight there. And when they're going to be fighting at 6 a.m., does anyone realize they're going to be fighting at 6 a.m.? So what does a trainer do? Do they change their internal clock? So there's a lot of little questions going on with this fight that when you look at it, that you got to take that in consideration too when capping the card. First fight we're going to look at is we're going to take Grant plus 137. Again, all these lines can be found on five dimes. End of the day, Grant, you know, he's just faced better fighters. So I'm definitely going to take the plus 137 because I find value in a fight that's definitely a pick em. Next fight after that, I'm playing Vanessa Mello plus the 235. You can also find her via decision plus 330. But I'm just going to not risk it. I'm just going to take the plus 35. Vanessa's on a two-match losing streak. And this is basically a make-or-break fight for her. I'm definitely going to be playing the plus 235 because like I said nothing motivates somebody more than money and getting her at that price in a fight she has to win to stay in the sport is just too good to pass up next fight we are taking Pavin plus 155 via decision I mean he is fighting I'm going to totally slaughter this name Zagogova who's fighting his UFC debut and in this tough situation when you're going to fight Island and everything these fighters had to do, this is just too much for a kid in his first fight to overcome. I know he's a little bit older, but I just can't back someone in this situation. And plus, with his inability to knock somebody out, I'm just going to take the experience of Pava at plus 155 and win by a decision just to be smart enough to grind out a victory here. I'm just not trying to think out the room and trying to think of the circumstances that the fighters are going to be fighting in. Next fight here, I'm taking Marcella Tiber, I got him at minus 115 on the money line. And plus, I also played plus 205 via decision. This is definitely the fight I like the most. Um, he's been looking at a, at a gatekeeper, and his opponent, Maximum Gershon, granted he's a veteran, but he's taking this fight on short notice. And again, you're getting these fighters that this is their one shot, and they had to fly to Las Vegas quarantine, make weight, then fly out here. I mean, it's just way too much for these guys who just haven't been in this UFC limelight to overcome in my eyes. And I'm definitely going to take Tarbin at that line. I mean, he averages 3.52 strikes a minute, 1.54 takedowns, and he's got 13 career stoppages, one of those via knockout. I just think with the experience he has fighting at this level, he's just too much. Next one we're looking at is Zaleski. I got him at plus 110 again. This is at five times. I just think he's just going to be out re- able to wrestle Salikov and just grind his way to a victory. He's gonna. He's the better wrestler. Salikov's takedown defense is very raw. It's not really that good. And I just think he's going to be able to out-wrestle him and get the victory. If it's better, I actually like the kickboxing game, too, that Zaleski brings to the table. So, I mean, for me, I'll definitely take that at plus 110. If you want to get a little juicy, 
and look at the odds for via decision. You can also play those, but I'll play it safe here. I'll play the money line at plus 110. The next one I'm going to be looking at is Volkan Ormichger via decision. And that one's a juicy one. That one is at plus 345. Orlushker is a very patient striker, and he has great, great cardio. There's nothing really amazing he does in the cage, and he's got a better chin. I think he's just going to be the smarter fighter, and he's going to know what it takes to get the win via decision. And sometimes when you look at these fights, you have to understand, is he going to be able to knock the guy out? Is he going to be able to get a submitted submit or get a stoppage? And if I don't, if I like a guy, and if I don't think he's going to be able to do that, I'll obviously look to add value and bet via decision. And because of that, I'm definitely going to bet the plus three forty-five. Also, and important to remember, the technique of Prochaska is very weak. It's nowhere near the level that it needs to be in a fight like this. I mean, he's going to be at a huge technical disadvantage. So I'll definitely take the technique, take the cardio, take the better striker, and I'll definitely lay that plus 345. Again, that is on five dimes. Now we're dumping into the main card, and oh my god, it is a great main card. In the first fight, as hot as Paige Van Sant is, I definitely don't have I'm definitely not gonna be backing her, even though she is the better athlete. Arabas is just way more technical. I am going to be on my girl Rose. Again, I don't think she's going to be able to finish Andrade. She's just going to do more. She's the more technical fighter, and she's just going to outpoint her, and she's going to get the decision. Again, in these fights like this, when I don't think the person's going to be able to finish the fighter, I'm definitely just going to take the better odds via decision, and at plus 180, I'm going to do that all day. So... I'm definitely going to take that. The next fight, Jose or Altador, I'm going to take the money line at plus 210. If you just look at the fighters they fight, Jose's fought better fighters his last five fights out. And I really think he's just being overlooked here. There's going to be no crowd there, so Yan's not going to be able to fight off the crowd. And Altador, with no crowd there, he could just look at this and he just go out there and outbox him. And I really think that's going to happen. I'm going to take the experience. I'm going to take the guy that's fought better fighters. And it's a no-brainer for me in this fight. I think that's great odds. I think he's getting immensely disrespected here for the cowboy fighter he is. So I'll definitely take that plus 210. And now that brings us to the main event. I am definitely going to take Street Jesus here. Give me that plus 225 all day. I mean, these guys had great momentum leading up to the Super Bowl, but then the fight got postponed. And luckily, you know, Uncle Dana reached out to him, and Street Jesus, he was able to uh, come out here and make, boy, he dropped 20 pounds in six days. Think about that. 20 pounds, able to fight. And I don't know if you guys saw that those eyes when, that picture of those eyes when Usman saw him. I think this fight's going to be great. And there's no situation you can put this Jorge in where he's not uncomfortable. He's been through it all. Street fights, everything. He's not going to get knocked out. He's going to come out in a flurry. And he's a very underrated wrestler. People forget about that. And Usman's been training for one guy. And now he has to fight another guy. And this is a big moment for him. And yes, I know he's on a 13-game, 13-match fighting streak. I know, and I don't care. I'm going to take the momentum, and I hate being on the public side, but I'm going to be on the public fighter here. I'm taking Street Jesus plus 225. All these, again, are risking one unit. I mean, very loaded card, and I can't wait for it. This is one of the more pumped UFC cards I've been waiting for. So now we're going to welcome Sterling of Silver Star Sports back. We're going to be going through the AFC South today and continue our preview of each Division, division by division. Sterling, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Excited for sports to be coming back. The NBA, uh, the Champions League. Uh, just excited to have some sports in my life finally to talk about. I mean, I'm not going to lie. 
was it two nights ago, I was watching MLS soccer on Telemundo. I mean, that really? That was pretty much when I said to myself, you know, I need, I need something to be back. That's when I kind of took a look in the mirror and was like, I am craving sports to be back bad. Um, so how you been, man? Did you have a good holiday? Um, I did. I went to uh, Amusement Park, Dollywood, in uh, Ooh. Tennessee, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. It was pretty fun. Nice. Um, yeah, had to wear masks. So that was interesting, like going on a ride with masks and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's all for safety, so it made sense. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. Um, so, like I said, today we're going to jump in and we're going to talk about the AFC South. The first team we're going to talk about is the lonesome Jacksonville Jaguars. Last year, the Jaguars were 26 in total defense, 16 in pass defense, 17 in rush defense. In terms of offense, 21st in total, uh, 16th in pass, and 28th, which kind of shocks me when you consider they have Leonard Fournette. Um where do you stand with the Jaguars this year? Um, the Jaguars, I have them as my 32nd ranked team in the league. and But I don't find it like previous years. I don't think they'll be a complete bottom feeder. Like um, last year, the Dolphins, even though they weren't the worst team, they had the worst roster by far. Whereas I think the Jaguars, they'll be able to stay competitive in games, but they're still going to be the worst team in the league. Um my record prediction for them this year is going to be three and thirteen. Um, when you look at the AFC South, as we'll talk about later, there's just so many good teams, and they all have playoff aspirations except the Jaguars. And then the Jaguars' defense—they went really young, um, removing all the core from that uh, playoff contending team a few years ago that they had. So I think the defense is just too young, and then Minshew is just. We haven't seen enough. I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback yet. I mean, speaking of Minshew, like, and this is me, like, I always tend to overthink the room. I just kind of think they have him there. The front office has him playing just to kind of distract from how badly ran this team actually has become. He's just kind of a guy that wears jean shorts. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, from what like he's I've a celebrity seen, that they can sell right now. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're using him to sell merchandise because, what was it, two years ago or three years ago when they should have won that game up in uh, Foxborough? Yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, two or three years yeah, ago. Yeah, two or three years ago. And, I mean, that defense was insane. I had them, I think, 85-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl that year. And wow. there is no reason they should have lost that game. And just to see the franchise just kind of – tumble i mean i agree with you i think this is going to be the worst team in the nfl i actually have them going two and 14 i have them beating the dolphins in that thursday night game and then i have them beating the bears at the end of the year what uh what games do you have them winning because you had three and 13 correct uh yeah let me go back to it let's pull up their schedule real quick i have them i also have them winning against the dolphins and then I have them beating the Lions. Oh man, come on, man! There's no way. There's no way my boys are going down to Jacksonville, man. <laughs> I mean, when you hear my prediction about I the just Lions, feel like it will be a random, random game that they'll take a. Yeah. When, How good do you think the Lions will be? Just uh, for a sneak preview. I mean, I have them winning the North, man. I mean, I think. Whoa. Okay, I mean, we'll I I think everyone is vastly underselling what they did on the offensive line. But we'll get to that later. So yeah. let's jump back. So you're going to be in the Lions and who else? The Lions, and then I have them taking one game off the Titans. Okay. All right. I mean, I kind of look at this. I think their front office and everyone in the coaching um, coaching ranks there, I think it's just kind of lame dunk. I think they totally need to kind of wipe it out. And I really thought they were kind of like how the season ended. There's all these rumors that Doug Monroe was going to be leaving. Um, and they just need to kind of build up with the O-line and D-line again. Are they going to trade Fournette? Because Fournette wants out. And kind of, like, because he went on ESPN and saying they should have brought in Cam Newton. When you have a young quarterback in Minshew, even though I'm not high on him, you can't go on national TV and say we need to bring in a quarterback for competition. 
And then who's that defensive lineman? Um, I'm spacing on his name. Oh, Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, and they, they need to trade him. They can trade those guys get some assets, but I agree. I think um, it's going to be a long, long year in Jacksonville, and the the rebuild needs to begin. Um, yeah. I mean, my bold prediction is they win two games. What's your bold prediction for them? Um, they drafted uh, – well, they didn't draft him, but they picked him up in undrafted free agency. J.R. Reed out of uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. He, I was really high on coming out of college. I had a third to a fourth round grade on him, and for him not to be drafted um, was a big surprise to me. Okay. So I, my bold prediction for them is they start an undrafted safety, J.R. Reed, okay. following the bye week. And then I feel like their safety room isn't too deep. Yeah, I totally agree with you in that. And then um, for your fantasy football bust, I went with Leonard Fournette. Fournette was kind of weird. He had a good year last year, but. It was all based on receptions, and he had no touchdowns. I feel the offensive line hasn't really improved, and the other defenses, especially the Colts, have improved in the South. So I don't think he's going to get as many receptions because they brought in Jay Gruden as the offensive coordinator and signed the Redskins running back Chris Thompson. So I think Fournette's going to be a fantasy football bust. Who do you have as a bust this year? I thought about Fournette. Um, I actually put DJ Chark. Okay. He's one of those receivers that had a great year last year. And I'm kind of skeptical on those receivers because I want to see. I'm more of a prove-it guy, prove-it-to-me year after year. And then also he and Minshew connected on a lot of deep balls last year. Not to say that they can't repeat that, but Minshew doesn't exactly have the strongest of arms. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give him that. He was very accurate deep last year. But year to year, I wouldn't expect that to continue, especially with how bad the Jaguars line is right now. And then my fantasy football sleeper, I just went with Westbrook just because I feel they're going to be behind in so many games. They're going to be chucking the ball because people forget in fantasy football, it's not necessarily how good you are. It's how many looks you get. And I just feel the Jaguars are going to be down in so many games. And Westbrook, when he was on the field, was very productive last year. Who do you have as their sleeper? I have Thompson, the uh, receiving back from the Redskins last year. Um like you said, they'll be down a lot. He's going to get a lot of looks underneath. Um, they may be reluctant to use Fournette. They may trade Fournette. So their running room, running back room isn't too deep. So they'll just give him a bunch of drop-offs underneath. So. Okay. All right. So we basically feel the same on the Jaguars. We, I mean, everyone can kind of see that this division is kind of a three-headed monster. No one's given the Jays a t- a chance. Alright, now we're going to jump into the Houston Texans. The Texans were 14th in total offense, 15th in passing offense, 9th in rushing offense. Total defense 19th, passing defense 29th, rushing off, ru- excuse me, passing defense 25th. They are 31 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, 16 to 1 to win the AFC. 3.3 to 1 to win the AFC South and an over under a 7.5. Where do you stand with Bill O'Brien's Texans? Bill O'Brien's Texans. Uh, this team should have playoff aspirations. I don't think they'll reach the playoffs. Uh, I'm, my record prediction for them is going to be 7 and 9. They just didn't improve over the offseason. I feel like they regressed and went backwards. Um, for starters, the offensive line is just bad. Um, 21st in run blocking last year, 27th in pass blocking. And that was uh, helped out for Deshaun Watson to um, DeAndre Hopkins helped a lot in masking those issues. So now that Hopkins is gone, uh, Watson's just going to be scrambling for his life and he's not going to have that security blanket to go to Hopkins where he'll find that soft spot in the zone or he'll finally break that man coverage and get open. So I think they'll regress. They didn't really add anything in the draft, too notable. Uh, their first pick was a defensive tackle. So the Titans and the Colts, they also have some of the easiest schedules. So I don't, I don't think they'll make it back to the wild card this year. Um, Bill O'Brien doesn't have the same culture and coaching as Rabel or Reich 
So those are my thoughts on the Texans. I mean, and people forget, at the end of the day, these athletes, they're humans. And if you and I both, like, where we work and we were close to somebody and that person basically got traded away, we, like, left to go to a different job or whatever, you and I would both be pissed and we'd look at our our supervisor in a different light, right? And that's got to be what's going on with Watson. Um, personally, I was a little surprised they didn't fire O'Brien after that melt in Kansas City last year. How about you? Yeah, that was terrible. I mean, because what was it? Was it twenty one? No, it was twenty four. Twenty four zero. I mean, they had, and I was, I was livid. They didn't go for it because they kicked that field goal to up twenty four, and then just the way that game played out after he didn't go for it. And kick that field goal was just insane. And I I love Watson. I mean, for me, I personally feel like you can look at a guy and you can see see if they have it. And I've loved Watson since his, his Clemson years. And I personally feel as soon as they move on from Billy O'Brien that the Texans are going to win a Super Bowl just because I really feel that with him controlling the player personnel and the coaching – that they are hold, they're holding this team. He's holding this team back. Um, the O line, I think, is improved by still. It's not a championship O line in my eyes. It's not an O line that can win a championship. Um, and I feel all their wide receivers are like the same guys. You know what I mean? Like who's their chain? Who's their chain mover? He needs that first down. Hopkins is Hopkins is gone. Who do you think Watson's going to throw to? Yeah, exactly. Um, they're all deep threats between Kenny Stills, Brandon Cooks. Will Fuller, um, just a bit redundant, you know. And, and speaking of wide receivers, and I said this, I think I, I said this about six weeks ago. You know who would be perfect for the Texans? Perfect. Antonio Brown. I mean, come on. You got that guy. He can play the slot. He can go underneath. He can move the chains. I mean, I think he would be a great fit in the Texans. What do you think? Only uh, reservation I have about that is Bill O'Brien and Antonio Brown. That seems like enough crazy for one building. Um, <laughs> but no, from a pure football standpoint, that would be great. I mean, I think it. I think that to me, that makes all the sense in the world. My um, my bold prediction for the Texans is Bill O'Brien doesn't make it out of the season. I actually have them going six and ten, and I mean, let's look at that. They start off at Kansas City, home against the Ravens, at Pittsburgh, Vikings, Jags, at at Tennessee, and then home against the Packers. That is a that's a rough stretch to the season. Yeah, that's tough. I mean that that's brutal. I mean the only real gimme game there is that October 11th game against the Jags, and I could easily see them. I haven't winning two of those games. I could easily see Bill O'Brien being fired at the bye week. What's your bold prediction? My bold prediction is similar, but I'm going to say Watson has an up-and-down year because I mentioned that O-line being mm-hmm. so inconsistent and him not having great receivers anymore. So I'm going to say Watson has an up-and-down year and voices displeasure about Bill O'Brien making the Texans choose one of them. But I think it's actually going to become a storyline where the Texans are thinking about choosing one or the other, even though Watson is a great quarterback and they should choose him 100%. Bill O'Brien just has this death grip on the organization for some reason that I don't understand. Um, where, where they look at him as smarter than he is, so it's, I think he can convince them maybe they should get rid of Watson or something. I don't know. I mean, it, you almost kind of think like, does he have like some dirt on the owner? It's kind of like Garrett and uh, Jerry Jones. You know what I mean? Garrett was there way too long, and O'Brien is there way too long, in my opinion. Um. My bust, I'm actually going with Brandon Cooks. I don't even know if he's going to play this year. And where he's dra- being drafted this year, I kind of feel as a stretch. He's had, I mean, how many, was seven concussions now? Something insane, like five, seven concussions. And I just don't know if he's going to play. And he's been playing in so many systems, and no one's really made him a number one target. I just don't see him taking that step and being the number one target. There will be a couple games he like does insane it has like nine or ten catches but consistent week in and week out i just i just don't see it from cooks who do you have as their bust um well 
before I say my bust, I definitely see that with Cooks. He's been in great systems all his career. I mean, he's been with the Rams, the Patriots, the Saints, and the Texans' offense isn't going to be as well with a machine as those teams. Um, but my bust is going to be Will Fuller. For one, the guy can just never stay on the field on the field for an extended period of time, and he's a deep threat guy. And that was uh, his presence was helped out by a guy like Watts or a guy like Hopkins who could get open underneath, short, and just free up all the attention for him to go go deep and be at his best. But now he has to be more of a focal point of the offense, and I don't think he's capable of that because he won't be on the field, and that's not his game. So yeah, that's a great. Best. That's a great point, just because anytime you lose like a number one wide receiver, that means the number two wide receiver is going to be drawing the best DBs of the other team. Kind of like what happened to uh, Juju last year. Juju started uh, drawing the attention of the number one DBs, and he just wasn't getting the same uh, production. That's a good point by you. My sleeper, it's more of a, hey, I want to prove to everybody I did the right thing, and I just feel that... Bill O'Brien got such a bad hit reputation-wise for making that trade for Hopkins. I think he's just going to force the ball to David Johnson. So I have David Johnson. <laughs> That's my sleeper as well. Yeah. I, I think Bill O'Brien, just because he's a stubborn old man, is just going to. It's going to be check down Charlie, dump it off to him, sweep right, sweep left. I think he's just going to force him the ball way too much. Yeah, I was. I was saying in mine. I was like, it's going to be hard to pick one for this team because I don't think this offense is going to be as good as it's been in prior years. But everyone's looking at Bill O'Brien weird for this trade. So he's going to try to prove that he's right. So he's just going to give David Johnson the ball. Whether he does anything with it, who knows. But yeah, for right now, he's my sleeper as well. Okay, so I had him at 6-10. and 10, And what did you had him 7-9? and nine? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. so we're basically on the same with both. Now we're going to get to the darlings of last year, the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee, their offensively were 10th in total offense, 21st in passing offense, 3rd in rushing, defense 12th total, 24th in passing, 12th in rush defense. They're 30-1 to to win the Super Bowl, um, 14-1 to to win the AFC. Almost, they're 1.85 to 1, so almost 2 to 1 to win the South and an over-under of 9 wins. Now, I'm I'm not as high on this team as everybody else. Where do you stand with the Titans? Um, last year, it was an awesome Cinderella story. Um, I can't deny that they went on a great run, and I'm good for them. But we can't forget that they were a 9-7 team before that. Like, they caught fire at the right time. And that's not a disrespect to them, but that's just who they were. They just were a 9-17. They were average, um, made the, snuck into the playoffs, and then they did their thing. I don't expect them to continue this year because they lost their top right tackle, Jack Conklin, a long-time star on the defense, and Jarrell Casey, and a reliable cornerback in Logan Ryan. Um, I do think they'll still make the playoffs. I have them at 9-7. and 7. Um, 6-3, 11-2. Mm-hmm. They're always consistently solid, and I was looking on ESPN at their FBI schedule rankings. They technically have the second easiest schedule, so I think they'll still make the playoffs. But I don't buy them as a true contender like most people have them. What 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 did you say the record was again? I'm sorry. Nine and, or I have them at nine and seven this year. All right, we're one off in everything because I have an eight and eight. Um, I really to me the whole thing about losing Conklin, I feel it's just going to hurt them. Last year, they picked up Rogers, Roger Scaffold to play on that left side along with uh, Tyler, how was it, his name, Tyler Owan. So their left side was insane. And when you look at all of Derrick Henry's runs last year, everything was to the left side. And now the right side of the line with Conklin, I just feel is going to be weaker because I think Conklin's one of the most underrated players in the league. And losing him and... I, I just think in the trenches where they won on the offense, I just don't think it's going to be there. And, I mean, Tannehill was insane last year. I mean, for him to come out of nowhere like he did and put up the numbers he did was, was great, but I just don't think he can match that. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think he can come anywhere near that. And, I mean, he's had two shoulder, inform- 
two shoulder, no, one shoulder injury and two knee injuries. And he's just, what is he, 31 now? And last year was the most that Henry carried the ball. When is that going to finally catch up with him? Don't get me wrong. He was great last year, but these running backs just take a pounding. You know what I mean? I just really feel like how they manage the offseason, losing Conklin and giving Henry and Tannehill all that money, I just think they managed it wrong. I would have I would have signed Conklin, signed Henry, and then franchised Tannehill because I think the most you can get off, off of him was one year because I think long-term, he's just not the solution at quarterback. Um, what did you think of A.J. Brown last year? I mean, he had 60 receptions but over 1,000 years. Thousand yards. That's a crazy stat. What are your thoughts on him? Um, I think he's a star in the making. Whether he has the same numbers this year remains to be seen. That's uh, largely dependent on Ryan Tannehill and how he performs this year after getting his bag that he secured the last season. Mm-hmm. But AJ Brown looks like a star, and Tennessee was really waiting on one of their wide receivers to develop. They hoped it would would have been Corey Davis by now, but. A.J. Brown really showed as a rookie that he's got some star potential. So I look forward to watching him. I would be higher on him if it just, just Tannehill just wasn't behind center. But, um, I mean, you hit a great point earlier when you are talking about coaches. I mean, there is the the, the Vrabel factor. I mean, he's, he's slowly morphing into a top-five coach in the league, don't you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, the way his guys want to get up and play for him. There's something to be said about that. And, I mean, I don't mean to throw my boys under the bus, but they could have hired him, but they decided to go a different direction. But we'll get to my boys <laughs> later. Um, and then the defensive pass rush, they added old man Vic Beasley. How do you feel about Vic Beasley? Uh, Vic Beasley just had, like, one or two very good seasons, but I'm not too sold on him as, like, a big-time pass rusher or a big addition. Defense. Yeah, I just kind of feel like as a whole, this team is just going to take a humongous step backwards, and the expectations are just, I don't know, just way, way, way too much for them. My bold prediction, now this is going to catch a lot of people by surprise, and I've posted about it why this is the one guy that's going in the first round I would not draft. Derrick Henry's not going to rush for over 1,000 yards. Wow, not even 1,000 no, not even if I just feel that everyone's going to crowd the box. Um, they're going to stack that left side. And that right side of the line, you have Isaiah Wilson now as the right tackle. I just feel it's going to take him time to learn the position. And he, I, I don't know. I just feel like everyone's – Tannehill's going to face a lot of the eight-in-the-box eight scenarios. And, I mean, a lot of stuff also went right for that team. When you, when you think about it, they got a lot of – a lot of bounces to go their way last year. And I just feel that the magic's done and Henry's going to take a beating. Who? What's your bold prediction? My bold prediction is Henry's going to be forced to sit out like a game or two, but it's going to actually help the Titans offense. And what I mean by that is I think Henry, like obviously it's a big man, but like that wear and tear is going to get to anyone eventually with how many hits he takes and how bruising he is as a runner. So maybe he'll get injured. I'm not wishing that on him at all. But maybe he gets injured. And I think it will actually help the Titans offense because they'll learn how to develop without him. Yeah. Um, Instead of being so reliant on his bulldozing runs. Yeah, instead of just wearing on him. And I like, like, in our our breakdown we did of uh, the draft preview, Darlington Evans, the kid from Appalachian State, was actually the kid they they drafted. And... Mm -hmm. I mean, if Henry goes down, this is a kid you absolutely need to pick up because this kid is going to be good at this level. Um, and my bust, I kind of gave it away. I have my bust as Derrick Henry. Like, he's a zero factor. This is for fantasy bust, excuse me. Zero factor in the passing game. So you're just so you get no PPR points for him. Anytime they're down, he's going to have to go off the field just because he isn't a factor in the passing game, so you're not going to get those receptions. And he had so many touchdowns last year and so many touchdowns and so many touches, excuse me. I just feel like regression is coming, and he's going to take that big step backwards. Who's who's your bust? Yeah, my bust is also going to be Derrick Henry. And don't get me wrong, he's been a monster the past two years, like, 
one of the greatest playoff runs I've seen by a running back. Um, and down the stretch, it's been that way down the stretch the past two seasons. But for me, he just lacks the consistency of like a top back like Christian McCaffrey. Because the past two seasons, he's come on really late in the season. But all throughout, all throughout the beginning of the year, Titans fans are just waiting on him to get going. He finally does. But I just can't rely on that, especially when you said he's not as big a factor in the passing game. He takes way too many hits. Um, and at the, the ADP he's been, dra- been drafted at, it's just too high for me. So, yeah, he's my bust. And my sleeper, I cannot pronounce the kid's first name, so I'm not even going to bother. But I love Smith, the tight end. Tanny, oh, Johnny Smith. Oh, love him. I think he's in a huge, he's going to have a big season just because there's no more Delaney Walker. The Titans, I believe, targeted the tight end seventh most last year. And if you look at Tannehill, of everyone in the lead, every starting quarterback, he targets the tight end fifth most. So it is a quarterback that likes to throw to the tight end an offense that likes to throw the tight end. And now you have no competition. And Smith and Tannehill did have a little bit of chemistry to close out the season. I think it's in line for Smith to have a great season. He's definitely going to be my sleeper. And that late tight end, I yeah. think, is worth a field, a, a feeler. Who, who do you have? I completely agree with you. I said no Delaney Walker. Um, yes, Johnny's still figuring out his game. He's a young tight end. But I feel like this system um, is perfect for him. You know, to figure out his game and be another breakout. Um, like you said, Tannehill targets the tight end a lot. So, Johnny Smith is my sleeper. Okay. All right. Um, and now we're going to be in a team. Now, this team I'm insanely high on, and I know you are as well. The Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have, were last year were 17th in total offense, 30th in passing offense, 7th in rushing offense. Defense, 18th total, pass, 23rd, rushing, 7th. Currently, they are 22-1 to 1 to win it all, 20, excuse me, 11-1 to 1 to win the South, even money to win the, to win the South, and uh, over under a 9.5. I actually bet this team at 25-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, and I got the over of 8.5 wins. I am insanely high on this team. They made some great ads that I really think just – make everybody better on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Um, let's dive into this team a little bit, because I know we're both high in them. What, what are your thoughts on the Colts? Uh, ironically, I was talking to a friend the other day, and he asked me why I'm so high on the Colts, like with Philip Rivers and how bad he played last year. And I just told him, like, think of an analogy. Think of your, the CEO of a company, the same company for 16 years, and that company's never performed to the highest of its potential. And you're there for one year, or you got one year left. Wouldn't you like try everything you could to make sure that, that company finally reaches its potential? And that's what Philip Rivers was for the Chargers last year. He was trying everything in his power to get the Chargers to the playoffs and to the Super Bowl. So much so that he was forcing throws. He was being desperate, but that's because he wasted 16 years of his life. Well, not wasted, but. 16 years of his playing career didn't end up the way he wanted it to. So he was pressing. Uh, But with the Colts, he doesn't need to do that. For the first time in his career, he's going to have a great O-line. For the first time in his career, he's going to have home field advantage. For the first time in his career, he's going to have a competent organization, uh, competent medical staff. So I think this is just the perfect situation. And seeing his interviews at the end of last year, I think he's come to grips that he's about to retire He's got all that family, he, um, all those kids he has. So he's, I think he's confident in himself and knows he doesn't have to be the hero in Indianapolis. So I think he's going to be better for that alone. And then Indianapolis' roster is one of the most balanced in the league. And then I talked about ESPN's FBI schedule rankings. The Colts literally have the easiest schedule based on that. So I think this uh, team's in for a big year. You hit it on the head when you said offense, offensive line. I mean, when you look at this offensive line that the Colts have, you can argue this is going to be the best offensive line that he's played behind. Mm-hmm. And people, like, 
I know when I look at games and I look at fantasy, that's the main thing I look at. Because if you're a quarterback and you're rushing, everything is just going to take a big a big step backwards. And he's just going to have so much time. And he's in such, I feel, a great position. Um, also, speaking of that offense, my one concern is the wide receiver position. Um, I know they drafted Michael Pittman. You and I are both high on him. Hilton's definitely a year older. He has all those injury concerns and everything. Um, that's my one concern. Like when he needs to make that first down throw, who do you, who do you think he looks to? Um, Jack Doyle. Mister uh, Mister Everything, Jack Doyle. Mm-hmm. Because other receivers are young too. They also got uh, Paris Campbell. He's still developing as a route runner. Uh, I don't expect Pittman to be that guy that early. And then Hilton, obviously, is a great receiver. But, uh, yeah, like you said, those injury concerns, and he's more of a deep threat guy. Um, It's kind of funny, like, you mentioned Jack Doyle. My first Instagram actually got banned for copyright infringements because I made a, vis- a video with Jack Doyle making catches to the Salt and Pepper song, What a Man. So this is actually my um, my second Instagram account. So it's kind of funny. I mean, I'm a huge, 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 huge Jack uh, Jack Doyle guy, and I really think you hit it on the head. Like he's going to be able to come in and move the change and every everything. Plus, they also got Trey Burton, and I know he catches a lot of slack because he didn't really perform that well in Chicago, but. Chicago doesn't really feature the tight end that much. So I really think he's going to kind of be an under-the-radar under type of guy. And also something to remember, Phillip Rivers, when Frank Wright was the offensive coordinator in uh, San, San, Diego, San Diego then, he put up great numbers. He had some of his best years in that Frank Wright offense. And I really think Frank's going to put him in a situation to succeed. Um, now let's look at the running backs. That they have an interesting three-headed monster. I know you and you and I were both high on Jonathan Taylor, but they also have Mac, who ra- rushed for over a thousand yards and um, is in a contract year. And my philosophy is no nothing motivates people more than money. And they got Naheem Hines, who I think is going to be this year's Austin Eckler. How do you think the the playing time is going to be broken up in that backfield? Um, I really don't know. For me, I'm going to try hard to steer clear clear of the Colts running back room just because I really think it's just going to be on a game-to-game basis. Like, um, they can hit you with a different look each week. But I do still have a fantasy football sleeper in Jonathan Taylor because, even though I would steer clear from but for Dynasty Leagues, would definitely go after him because I think that kid is so talented. Oh, I think he's um, going to be great. Yeah, I think he's going to be a star in this league. And I know Mac's already good, but I think once Jonathan Taylor, give him a year or two in this league, and he's going to be a top 10, well, top 10, 15 back. So I'd take him in any dynasty league. But this year, I'm not too sure. And then, I mean, I feel the biggest addition they made was trading for DeForest Buckner. I feel DeForest Buckner after Aaron Donald, is the second-best defensive lineman in the game. That's probably that's a real bold statement. But just adding Buckner, I mean, it takes offensive line attention, so it takes pressure away from Justin Houston. And, uh, God, who's that linebacker's name? I'm spacing on his name, of course, like an old man. Um, Darius Slaughter? Yeah, takes pressure away from those guys who both had double-digit sacks. So those guys are going to be able to get to the quarterback, but if you focus... So, because you're focusing on Buckner more. And then when a quarterback is being rushed, that's going to make everyone look better. Xavier Rose was great when the Vikings had a pass rush. As soon as Vikings pass rush wasn't as good as it was last year, Xavier Rhodes got exposed. Having that pass rush is just going to make everybody on the defense look better, especially Xavier Rose. I I think that was highway highway robbery, trading for DeForest Buckner. How, what what do you think about Buckner? Buckner's a star, um, in the modern 
people don't usually give up first round picks for anybody. So that the fact that they gave up what was it, the thirteenth overall pick yeah, for him? Thirteenth. That just shows how much they value him. And he's worth it. He's a game changing player on the defensive line. Um so I think it was just good foresight by the front office to say, hey, we need to address this position and get a star and that they have the draft capital to give away but still address other needs and get Rivers more weapons with Pittman and Taylor. So I'm a big fan of Skull's front office in general. And, I mean, we saw it last year. When you add somebody that can get to the quarterback like the um, 49ers did, it just changes everything. And I really feel – that leads to my bold prediction. It just changes the whole team. My bold prediction is the Colts are winning the Super Bowl this year. Wow. Wow, okay. Um, my, the Super Bowl, really? Yep, that's my bold prediction. I mean, I love this. I think they have the top defense in the league right now. And I think they have the best offensive line in the league. And in my eyes, that's where football is run. You have to be able to protect the quarterback and... Defense has to be able to um, keep teams in check, and I just feel that they have it. And I mean, a lot of people look at KC. When you and I did our draft preview, I I I said they should have got a pass rusher because they didn't sign what was that kid's name Jones, the defensive lineman. He made he he said he's not going to sign the franchise tender. I don't really know if Lamar Jackson's going to take that big step forward in that second year and teams have got onto the Greg Roman offense. I, I feel this is the Colts for the taking. And like you said, their schedule is easy. Yeah. Oh, I could I could see it. I think the bet that you said for them to win the Super Bowl is a good bet. Um, my bull prediction of them is Reich wins coach of the year. Ooh, okay. Right. Well, I mean, I have them... God, I have them at twelve and four. What'd you say you had him at? Eleven and five. So if they put up those numbers, he'll definitely be in um, consideration for it. Yeah. Well, he'll probably lose it to Matt Patricia, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> fantasy football bust. I mean, it breaks my heart to say this. Mine's T.Y. Hilton. I mean, when this kid was drafted, I thought it was a great pick. Him and him and Luck had some great years, but he's just old and like. Father time is undefeated. Who do you have? I also have T.Y. Hilton. I think he's still going to be the wide receiver one. He's still going to have a good year, per se. But even though I'm still a big Rivers guy, I wouldn't. Say, he's not the gunslinger he used to be. He doesn't have the zip on the throws that he used to have. And I think that's both bad for a guy specifically like T.Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's my best. Okay. And then... Um, Fantasy football sleeper. You already said you have Jonathan Taylor, which I completely agree with you on. I think Taylor's going to be great. Anything you want to add to that? Uh, not really, because I just don't know how it's going to turn out this year. So. Okay. And then mine I kind of hit at. I have Hines. I really feel that Philip Rivers can't check the ball down the field like he used to. And I, I feel Hines is going to be this year's Austin Eckler, someone that really didn't rush that much. Eckler only had 500 yards rushing, and everyone seems to forget about that. But he had 90 receptions. So I really feel he's going to be used out of the backfield a lot just because, like you said, Rivers isn't that gunslinger. So let's just kind of review how we have these out. So I have the Colts winning the division at 12-4, and four, Titans finishing second, missing the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. Texans at six and ten, and then those Jacksonville Jaguars at two and fourteen. How does it break out for you? Um, I'll start from the bottom. We got a Jacksonville Jaguars is the worst team in the league. Uh, they're going to be three and thirteen. I have this year. Uh, I got the Houston Texans missing the playoffs at seven and nine. Then I got the Tennessee Titans making the wild card at nine and seven. And then I got the Indianapolis Colts winning the division at eleven and five. Okay, so it's kind of weird. We're one off in every game, <laughs> every team. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're basically in the same, the same um, situation, seeing out playing out the same. Um, next week, let's do the AFC North next week. All right, sounds good. So 
Sterling, thanks for coming on. Always a great talk. Very knowledgeable guy. Great follow. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Silver Star Sports. That's going to be Silver Star underscore sports. Um, yep, that's where to find me. I would say I would put my Twitter, but I haven't been too active on there, so it's not worth it. So just go follow me on Instagram for all the content. You got to get that Twitter game up, man. Twitter's where it's at. I love the Twitter. I love the Twitter. Thanks for coming on, and we will talk to you next week. Huge, huge, huge thanks for Sterling from Silver Star Sports for coming on. He's a great follow, great guy. Gives some of the best in-depth breakdown on stuff on any platform. If you guys are definitely a sports fan, in any aspect of sports, you should definitely be following him. Again, next week, he'll be back on. We'll be breaking down the AFC North. On Monday, um, I'm going to be having Cheyenne from... And we're going to be talking about NBA restart, WNBA, college, kind of everything starting back up. So we're going to you know, start to get some more guests on here, have a little bit more dialogue, so it's just not me banting and, rant and talking about sports. So... Yeah, so we're going to have some stuff on. You know, baseball's coming on. I'm going to have someone come on. We're going to talk a little baseball. We're going to talk a little hockey. So, you know, if these guys are coming on, make sure you guys support them because they're putting on a lot of time and a lot of effort in to give you guys the research and give you guys their thoughts on stuff. So thanks for Sterling for coming on. Again, uh, good show today. Talked a little UFC. Talked a little AFC South. And, yeah, sports are on. I mean, we'll have MLS and UFC on against each other with a truck race. So I'm going to have TV, iPad, and computer going on with different sports. It's going to be a little weird. That hasn't happened in a while. So that's it for the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for today, July 11th. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for supporting. And let's cash those tickets. Stay safe, stay smart, and wear your mask, people.